Chapter 3 of Down in Water Street by Samuel Hadley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3 My Call to Water Street. On May 30th, 1886, the writer took charge of the Water Street mission. Never shall I forget that day. After struggling for nearly two years after my conversion, I had finally gotten into a profitable business with an income of $2,500 a year and with good prospects of a permanent future. I considered the call to work in Water Street the most important a man could have, and my wife and I spent many days in prayer. Strange to say, we both got our answer reading the scripture. Isaiah 58, 3-12 Friends of the mission decided to give us a great send-off. From the parlors I could look down into the room. It was filled with well-dressed people, Mr. R. Fulton Cutting presiding. When I saw the crowd, I was frightened. I went into my bedroom and dropped on my knees and said, Lord, if you have really called me to this work, give me one soul. How often have I thought of that prayer since? I could as well have had a score of souls. The meeting went on. At the close, I gave the invitation, saying, Is there one man here who would like to come to Christ? One and only one raised his hand. The Lord did the best he could, according to my faith. He gave me the biggest bum and drunkard in the house. He sat on the last seat by the door, as he was too drunk to get any further. One of my friends had found him the night before in a stale beer dive in Mulberry Bend, and had asked him to come down. "'Give me fifteen cents, and I'll come,' said he. My friend gave him the fifteen cents, and after spending it for whiskey, two drinks for five cents, and all the rest he could get, he came in very drunk. I said, if there are any needy souls, come up here. He started, but was so drunk he fell to the floor. Ready hands helped him to the front. He was a fearful-looking object, six feet four inches high, weighing 260 pounds, and had on only two garments, such as they were, an old pair of breeches tied around him with a piece of clothesline, and a jumper, both too short, there being a wide space between the two where there was nothing but the bare skin. The ladies gave him all the room he wanted to kneel in. My wife, Mrs. Sherwood, our missionary, and also Mrs. Stephen Merritt, who were present, knelt with him and prayed. Hundreds of times have I heard him tell the story in his broad Scotch dialect. I came in drunk and I went out sober, and the best of it is, I've been sober ever since. Whatever prayer it was I made that night, I don't remember, but the Lord heard it, and the best of it is, he has answered it ever since. I was not fit to sleep in a bed that night. No lodging house would have kept me. So I went to Shinbone Alley in Bleecker Street and took the soft side of a truck. I went to work in a few days carrying a hod. He was known at that time as Scotty the Bum. Born in Glasgow, he was a drunkard from youth, and before he was 17 years old, he was committed to prison for drunkenness for one year. He was sent to America, as so many drunkards are, and wandered all over the country drinking rum, walking ties when he could not ride a freight train, sinking lower and lower in the clutches of whiskey, until he was found by my friend. He secured work at carrying a hod. He joined the Tile Layers Helpers Union after he got work and soon became the treasurer. He was the doorkeeper in the Central Labor Union for years on Sunday afternoons. Finally, he was chosen walking delegate and for seven years was elected every six months. He formed one of the Board of Walking Delegates of the Trade Unions of New York. 
Big Jim, as he came to be called in these days, helped settle some of the biggest strikes in our city by his manly, candid truthfulness and hard Scotch common sense. He was finally elected Grand Marshal of the Labor Day Parade and rode down Broadway on a big bay horse at the head of 15,000 of the best workmen of New York. He married a Christian woman from the Florence Crittenden Mission. Wishing to find other employment, he went to work for the City and Suburban Homes Company, and from a humble position, he has, by his sterling integrity, worked his way up until he is now one of the superintendents, having a lot of men under him and many houses to care for. He also has a home of his own. Instead of Scotty the Bum or Big Jim, he has been known and loved for years as Mr. J.C. Edwards. End of chapter three.